0: Hey guys, welcome to another episode of Rockaholics. I'm your host, Ruby.
1: Why is there no booze in my coffee? Sorry, hi. This is Alec.
0: What'd you say about your coffee?
1: I said, why is there no booze in my coffee?
0: I don't know, but honestly, shout out to Black Rifle Coffee Company for waking me up this morning with their amazing, amazing blend.
1: Well, I'm glad one of us is awake. Okay.
0: Well, somewhat. I drank that at 6 a.m. It is now noon, so.
1: I've been, I was up till three working on some outlines, so I know. Yeah. I nine. No, I was
0: I was working on outlines for my spin-off that I'm doing for a slot with Morals. Ooh, yeah, it's definitely sh- time for it's sh- definitely Alec. time for a second cup of black rifle for sure. Yeah. So, Alec, do you know who's going to be on our timeline today? This is a uh. band that I myself have tatted on me. It's a band that has seen heartache, loss, success, backlash. This is a band that had their sights set on touring with Metallica and achieved that goal.
1: Is it Wait, hang on. Is this A7X? Oh.
0: (laughs) Alec, I absolutely adore that you remember all of my tattoos. And yes, it is Avenged Sevenfold.
1: Yeah, here we go. Hell yeah, I love Avenged Sevenfold.
0: Now, guys, we'll be bringing up timelines when we can't schedule a band in or we have one scheduled in, but editing will take a little bit longer than expected. So, I mean, really, Alec, think back to your first Avenged Sevenfold song. Like the very first song that made you go, whoa, who is this?
1: So I remember, so back in high school is when I really got into metal because I was like, I've always been a Lincoln Park fan, but they're a little bit more alternative than anything i mean they have some hard rock songs
0: yeah they're pretty metalcore
1: i mean these guys even have an entire album dedicated to screamo like music it's Mm -hmm. called the hunting party part two and it is it's one of my favorites and when i was in eighth grade i used to like whenever i was taking a shower i would like scream along to keys to the kingdom and like i used to love the new divide and i used to love all these fans but i was like i wonder like is there bands kind of similar to this? So I, I, was, I was looking up some stuff up on YouTube. By the way, shout out to whoever remembers what it was like not to be able to go on Spotify or Apple Music and just look up a song through a search engine. But you had to go to YouTube to look up a band and you had to go, you had to scroll through all these crappy covers and you had to do all these alternative remixes but to find the real thing. And I had to look up band. I remember looking up on YouTube bands similar to Linkin Park and Avenge Sevenfold song Hails of the King came up and I was like, Oh, okay, interesting. And so I listened to these guys and I heard the glorious sound in their voice and I heard like the emotion behind like just his voice. And I was like, oh my God. Well,
0: how old were you? Do you remember? Because you're what, like four years younger than me? I
1: was 13, 14.
0: Yeah, because I'm 28 now. So I remember being in my cousin's room, getting ready to go to some church thing. And we always listened to 97.1 The Eagle, which is now the only rock station in Dallas. I
1: remember so sad you only have one rock station
0: we only have like we have an alternative station but that's more pop rock not really like yeah it's um trash I remember when I first heard Backcountry, my cousin and I looked at each other like, whoa, you know, like we waited for the song to end and immediately had to like run and look them up on YouTube. So I'm thinking I was in like eighth grade. So maybe the fall of 2005, I believe. So I was like 13 and I was totally rocking way too much eyeliner in the emo scene girl bangs. (laughs)
1: I remember a small phase I went through that was right? Yeah, but I remember those days. We all have it. Every rocker has it.
0: So, Alec, you're from Wisconsin and I'm from Texas. Avenged Sevenfold was actually formed in Huntington Beach, California in 1999. The band's name is a reference to the book of Genesis in the Bible, specifically Genesis 4.24, where Cain is sentenced to life in exile for murdering his brother. God marked him so that no one would kill him on account of his sin. The man who dared to kill Cain would suffer vengeance seven times over. Ooh. I like that. Oh, shit. That's, oh my God. I didn't know that. Yeah, that that was 1999. That's over 20 years now. You know, I actually saw them perform during their 20th anniversary tour. And I was maybe four feet away from the stage. I drove from Dallas, Texas, six hours from here to get to Wichita, Kansas. And it's funny because I was like breastfeeding at the time. So I was literally pumping on the way there every two hours. And then right after the concert, drove six hours back to Dallas. It was an amazing show. They were touring with Breaking Benjamin and Bullet For My Valentine, which love both of those bands. So I got those off my bucket list.
1: Man, if I if I had the opportunity to see Breaking Benjamin open for anybody, or just see Breaking Benjamin, or both from a Valentine, man, I dreams, man, dreams.
0: I've seen Breaking Benjamin twice now, and each time full of energy. So, admittedly, I haven't
1: seen many metal bands live mainly because they don't really come to Wisconsin that often. I know that back in 2018, Journey was here.
0: I saw Journey um, and Def Leppard.
1: Yeah, I I didn't get to do that because I was in the UP for the summer for a job, and I honestly the, the only semi-rock band i've seen live or had the opportunity to so far was the congos and that was this was right after uh come with me now came out and man i that that just made me fall in love with rock even more and that's why i wanted to get more into the culture behind live concerts because i remember when like man like when they were playing there was like all of these benches and there was like a higher up like seating area that my parents and i were in and I remember once that song came up and they announced that this is the next song. Everyone stood up on the benches and everyone was putting their devil horns up and was pumping in the air even before it was going because there was everyone was so hyped. Especially when when a band has a song that's that well known, you just have to mention the song and immediately they're like, "Okay, we're in the mood. Oh
0: let's yeah, let's try it.
1: Let's do this. Let's do that." So let's,
0: talking let's about that, let's turn up the volume and let's begin mm-hmm. this episode's band timeline. In 1999, vocalist Matthew Sanders, who took the stage name M. Shadow, or Matt Shadows, and guitarist Zachary Baker, who goes by Zacky Vengeance, have been friends since high school. The two of them had been in several punk bands that didn't go successful until they formed A7X and roped in two more members, bassist Justin Meacham, a.k.a. Justin Sane, and drummer Jimmy Sullivan, a.k.a. The Rev. While still in their teens, the band recorded an album titled Sounding the 7th Trumpet, which would later be released under indie label Good Life Records. However, the metalcore album that was dropped in 2001 just two years later was not enough for them to gain nationwide success, but the second one did. So the second metalcore album did. They went through a lineup change soon after the release of The Seventh Trumpet. Brian Hayner Jr., a.k.a. Sinister Gates, was brought in as the lead guitarist while Jonathan Seward, a.k.a. Johnny Christ, replaced the old basses Sane and Damian Ash. With the new lineup, they released the band's debut album, In 2002, while recording new materials for their sophomore set in Houston, Texas. Walking the Fallen was released on August 26, 2003. The album was notified not only for their new players, but also a change in sound from Shadows. The vocalist no longer screamed as part of the metalcore roots that was projected in the first album. It turned to more melodic sound after he reportedly burst a blood vessel while stretching his vocal. That must be painful. Shadows had denied in later interviews that the band changed its musical direction due to his vocal problem, pointing out that he was actually better at screaming after the surgery. So Walking the Fallen eventually brought the attention of executives from Warner Bros. Records, who immediately took the band under their wing in 2004. With the new management, the third album, City of Evil, received critical success, although it was not hailed as much as the previous one. It was released in June 2005, and the lead single, Backcountry, was praised for its thickness and hard rock elements. Through the single, the band ultimately won Best New Artist Award at 2006 MTV Video Music Awards. That year, Kerrang! Awards also put them under the nomination of Best Band on the Planet. OK, but they unfortunately lost to My Chemical Romance. And, you know, I can't even be mad at that, Alec, because you and I are MCR fans. And yeah, it would be a hard tie.
1: Listen, all I'm saying is the fact that as long as they didn't like lose to some shit band, I mean, like that's pretty good a competition. Oh, right? absolutely.
0: Like, I'm not even so mad at it. I'm
1: not even mad at that. I'm a huge MCR fan. And the fact that they lost to them, I'm like, OK, I mean, like that does. I still have a like, mad respect for A7X. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, not only that, but you have to think, like, they also had, you know, that was a huge, like, emo scene. I remember when Avenged Sevenfold really started coming on the radio, My Chemical Romance was too. And it was more of an emo scene scene not really like a goth scene yet. Although goth was definitely more kind of out there than the emo scene. Like Metalcore was just barely making its debut, I feel. It wasn't really like, you know, I think the emo kids probably took over that because there was emo and there was scene and there was punk and it was like yeah. all of those kids got together for my chemical romance.
1: Oh my gosh. I listen,
0: I the fact there's so I mean like many both of these out. bands were on guitar hero. Like I remember Coming straight yeah. home from school, putting on Guitar Hero so that I could play.
1: Oh my gosh. My sister and I, whenever we would come home, we would go upstairs and on the Wii. Remember when that was a thing? Oh yeah. We used to go and turn on the Wii and go put on Guitar Hero and we'd play songs by the Eagles. We'd play songs by Red Hat Chili Peppers, Joker, American Woman, Around the River Bend, On the Road Again. My sister and I grew up pretty well aware of what rock was, which is awesome. You know what's funny is the fact that going back to when I started getting into metal and like hardcore, like when I got into metal, I jumped into metal and I'm and I'm not leaving because metal is my genre. But at the same time, I found out two years after I got into metal, my dad is like, Huge metalhead. And I never knew this. He never listened to metal around me. And ever since then, like he's introduced me to all sorts of songs. He's introduced me to all sorts of bands. I recently got into Moody Blues. Have you heard these guys? No. Moody Blues. Oh, man. Uh, Night in white satin. I highly recommend it. It's not like a hard rock, but it's definitely, you can hear. Oh, the
0: El Devo. They're a Italian opera type. El Devo actually makes a cover of that. And it is so beautiful. Night in white satin. Yes. I love that. I love that song.
1: The original just oh my god, the first time I heard that like a week ago, I was like in tears just because I heard how beautiful his voice was and I could imagine who he was singing to and the scene it would be in. And I imagined the loss behind the choir, that the, the sound of loss and the sound of melancholy behind the choir and in his voice when he says when he gets high and he says, I love you. Oh, I love you. And then you hear the choir go "Ah, ah, ah," in the background and it's just, oh my gosh, it's so overwhelming. This is what rock's all about, is overwhelming you, not just just with the instruments, not just with the drums, not just with the vocals, but a culmination of everything with the emotion behind the singing and the vibe that you get from everyone else who's rocking with you and rocking with the band. And the fact that the musicians are putting on not just a performance, but a show. And the fact that you have a culmination, again, of all of these things. This is what rock's all about. Rock doesn't need to be this hardcore thing because rock isn't a sound. Rock is a feeling.
0: Oh, absolutely. Uh, you were saying that you and your dad were able to bond over, over metal. And it's funny because that's how my brother and I bonded. My brother and I kind of, when I got into high school, he kind of hung out with like the band nerds and the band geeks. And I honestly, I didn't appreciate that until later on. So he graduated my freshman year of high school. And after he graduated, you know, he moved out and he came back into my life. So my brother would pick me up after school and we would go cruising the back roads and we would be in his 88 Camaro. And that thing stunk horribly like gasoline and junk food. And, you know, Mm -hmm. You could just tell they would backfire and we would just be chilling, listening to Avenged Sevenfold, listening to Motley Crue, listening to Def Leppard. I mean, all these old bands and music, honestly, really brought us together. And I think that that's the whole thing about rock is like a, an entire community.
1: I mean, rock, again, rock isn't a particular sound. And being a rock fan doesn't mean you have a particular lifestyle. Because, listen, if rock fans were able to live the same lifestyle that some rock actual rock bands actually live, like, for example, Motley Crue, we talk about Kiss, we talk about Bon Jovi. If you want to talk about all of these rockers, if you live the same lifestyle as them, nobody would get shit done nobody and the thing is, is the fact like without there being a community of rockers rock music would lose a certain touch that you can't replace a certain aspect of rock would be lost if you're a part of this community by the way congratulations you're part of in my opinion one of the best communities that are out there because for one we share not only a music taste but we probably also share similar experiences that we've had while listening to rock we can share emotions that we've had we can share stories of how we relate to the lyrics of how and why we feel the way we do when we listen to rock music. And the thing is, is that again? Rock music. If I had to put it into one sentence, rock music is something that replaces what I can't say with what my feelings are trying to say. I don't. And I don't know if that makes any sense to you guys. Uh, or, oh, or, absolutely!
0: It absolutely does.
1: Yeah, I mean, it's I know love that song. it's a
0: feeling. It's
1: yeah, it's your yeah. anger,
0: it's your your sorrows, your joy. It's it's all of it. It's all in one.
1: Oh yeah, and uh, that's the thing about rock. Oh my gosh, I could go on forever about this, but rock and all of its subgenres—they have a similarity. And that similarity is that there's a story behind their song. So if you listen to a rock band that you don't vibe with right away, Ruby and I feel you there because there's definitely bands that we're like, yeah I don't know. But then, oh no, we- this
0: this is like when we're like, okay, you know what? This song did not hit, but let's listen to the whole entire album. Let's listen to yeah all of their songs. Like we will sit there and we will just go through the entire their entire history honestly because we want to know okay maybe this wasn't a banger but let's see what others probably were and what others missed honestly because i think that a lot of albums have songs that are hit or miss and and then they have that one gem that people skip over all the time consistently
1: what would you say is a gem for you
0: like any song whatsoever or
1: i would say within the genre of rock what would you say is it is like a hidden gem
0: there is a song called "Distance" by Boys of Fall, and that song I think has hit every single emotion I've ever felt in my life.
1: I cannot stop listening to this song. I played on repeat, like for the past, like ever since you've introduced me, I've had You're it welcome. on repeat. <laughs> Because, like, it starts, listen, guys, if you've been checking out Boys of Fall, fuck, go, go check them out, for fuck's sake. Because here's the thing, is the fact that, especially Distance, the song Distance, will make you feel literally every emotion when it comes to rage, sorrow, happiness, and sadness, and joy. Because it makes you feel everything because you hear the, the beautiful guitar in the beginning, which makes it sound like, okay, this guy's going to be a kind of alternative sounding. And it's like, okay. And then you get into the chorus and he screams the chorus and you feel the rage and you feel the confusion and the and misunderstanding the heartbreak. and the heartbreak. And you feel all of this and you're like, oh my God, I needed this song in my life. Right? <laughs> yeah. That's the first thing I thought when I heard the song. I was like, oh my gosh. So guys, if you haven't. Checked out distance, physical checkout distance, and shout out to Boys of Fall because they man, they're a gem. And, and people, absolutely. And, and I think that that song would need it, to know about this.
0: Yeah, when it showed up on my Spotify playlist, I was like, What is this? And at first I was like, Oh, that's too slow for me. And then and then magic happened.
1: It starts off slow and, and that's that's why you have to listen to the entire song. Mm-hmm. That's, that's why Ruby and I listened to the entire album because we're like, okay, maybe we're not getting the entire feel of what they're trying to say here. Because the thing is, it starts off slow and it's misleading. And I love that because it's like, you have to wait for it to get to the good
0: part. Yeah,
1: You have to wait for you to understand where they're coming from when they write this. And on top of that, the song is the meaning behind the song is so deep. I mean, it talks about how like Mm -hmm. memories fade away into nothingness. Mm -hmm. It talks about how I feel distant from the people that I care about. It talks about all these. It talks about
0: about being in a relationship or just being with someone and you can tell that they don't love you anymore and you're trying to hold on, but they're pretty much they've left your life. They have no interest in being there whatsoever. And essentially, you're chasing a ghost.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's the thing is that like, I'm putting a link in the description for you guys because if you don't check this out. uh, It is also on my Spotify playlist
0: called Hot Band Summer Part 1. But talking about the good part, Alec, after winning the Best New Artist Award at 2006's MTV Music Video Awards, demand for their music increased. So Avenged Sevenfold canceled their tour dates for fall of 2006 and set to work on a fourth studio album. Boasting a grittier sound than previous releases. The self titled self produced disc appeared in October 2007, debuting at number four on the Billboard Top 200. And you guys, it's so crazy because Alec and I have actually done the footwork. We've done the legwork here and hardly any rock music is ever on the Billboard Top 100, Top 200 anymore. It is so difficult to find a good rock song that's not played by the mainstream media. That's not a TikTok.
1: A TikTok sound. Yeah, yeah.
0: that's not a TikTok sound, you know? Here's
1: the thing that's so fucked up about social media is the fact that social media is the only thing that blows up songs anymore.
0: Yeah, well, the only radio single that came off of that album was Almost Easy. The album also fared very well in England. There were only three songs cracked the top five of the UK rock charts, and Avenged Sevenfold helped support the release by touring North America on the Taste of Chaos tour. Released in 2008, the concert and film package Live in the LBC and Diamonds in the Rough captured the band during a tour stop in Long Beach. Then, in January 2009, Matt Shadows confirmed that the band was writing the follow-up to their self-titled fourth album within in the coming months. They performed a version of Guns N' Roses' It's So Easy on stage on April 16th alongside Slash at the Nokia Theater in Los Angeles. Matt Shadows was also featured on Slash's debut solo album with Slash in the song Nothing To Say. Matt Shadows and the rest of the band also expressed interest in making a follow-up to their self-titled record again and that was in 2009. He said it would feature more progressive longer songs and it would be the biggest Avenged Sevenfold record ever. He said they were possibly thinking about a concept record and on July 15, 2009, their website and MySpace. I know, I
1: just said MySpace. MySpace.
0: MySpace.
1: MySpace is dead space. That died back in what, oh 09 I
0: think? Yeah, well they had uploaded and they said that they were still throwing around ideas so the update was on the same day that Waking the Fallen went gold. and in an interview, Matt Shadows revealed that after the band would complete the tour with a final performance at the Sonosphere Festival, they were going to be back in the studio and on November 5th, 2009 Zachy Vengeance posted a message on the official website stating that they had returned from their tour and immediately started focusing on forming a production team in order to start recording the album which he says and i quote we will continue finalizing our songs until we feel every note does both you as well as us as justice alec didn't you and i come along we literally said that before re-recording our first episode we were like this is not the episode that the people deserve
1: here's the thing guys and
0: and that's i feel like that's the start of greatness right there you know where you really feel like you know what we need to regroup And we need to change shit up. We need to make it better. We need to make it bigger. We just need to keep going hard and harder and harder and not fucking stop. And you and I have been at this and we have not stopped. Alec, congratulations.
1: Oh, and we're not going to stop either.
0: Absolutely not.
1: This isn't a short-term project. We're, we're in this for the long haul, guys. Oh, yeah. And, and guys, if you're rocking with us, we asked you to be in a long haul with us because we got some good stuff up for you guys. Mm-hmm. We're, we're putting in the work here, guys, and we're excited. And this episode's just one example of what we offer. Mm-hmm. So, and, and I love this band. I mean, this band is very well known in the genre of rock. So I... I'm I'm super stoked to be part of this episode.
0: Yeah, me too. On December 24th, 2009, so that was on Christmas Eve 2009, it was announced that Avenged Sevenfold had been second place on Ultimate Guitar's Top 10 Bands of the Decade, losing the top spot to Metallica. Once again not angry totally understandable
1: metallica is huge i mean to even be able to say i faced off against metallica is like that's something to say to even say i faced off against my chemical romance that's something to say if you made it that far and that big to be able to say that that's something
0: yeah on december 31st 2009 kerrang magazine included an interview with matt shadows in which shadows stated the following about the album it's a dark record the music is emotional our goal is to make every single part memorable we want to evoke reactions live and at home it'll have big rock ballads the big fun stuff the piano the choir the orchestra and all the visual things you expect but with a different moodier vibe lyrically i've been inspired by everything from the way kids are brought up nowadays To schooling, the economy, religion, war, hell to the king, and the behavior of our government. It all plays into how kids are so emotionally detached from the real world right now. And I have to say that that is beautifully put. On April 17th, 2010, a short message from Zachy Vengeance actually was posted on the official Avenged Sevenfold Twitter. Tracking is complete. There are no words that will ever describe the feeling of listening to this album while driving home alone at 4am. Event Sevenfold's brand new single Nightmare was digitally released on May 18th of of 2010. The song comes off as the band's fifth studio album, which was due out in July of 2010. So two months later, they put out the entire album. A preview for the song was released on May 6th on Amazon but was removed soon after for unknown reasons. In May of 2010, Matt Shadows and Sinister Gates stopped by the hard drive radio where they spilled details on their upcoming release entitled nightmare and mixed by andy wallace where they say the new album nightmare is dedicated to the rev memory and although it's not a concept album it does center around the rev the eeriest thing about it is there is a song on the album called fiction a nickname the rev gave himself which started out with the title death the song was the last song the rev wrote for the album and when he handed it in he said that's it that's the last song for this record and then three days later he died God, I remember that day. I was in high school during winter break when I found out. I mean, even now, when you look up A7X online, The Rev is still pictured with them. Did you know that?
1: I, I didn't know. Yeah,
0: they, they hardly wow. any pictures come up with their new drummer. Honestly, that was that was a really sad day in rock history.
1: I mean, that reminds me a little bit of uh, Motley Crue and how when the singer, ben, Vince Neal, vince neal was kicked out nobody remembers the songs that they made when he was out people mm-hmm. only really remember the songs when he was when he was still a part of it but Very that's true. that's that, that's another episode but that just that's what it reminds me of
0: right so let's let's go back to the Rev's death on december 28th 2009 Drummer James The Rev Sullivan was found dead at his home at the age of 28. Autopsy results were inconclusive. In a statement by the band, they expressed their grief over the passing of The Rev and asked that his family's privacy to be respected. And I quote, It is with great sadness and heavy hearts that we tell you of the passing today of Jimmy The Rev Sullivan. Jimmy was not only one of the world's best drummers, but more importantly, he was our best friend and brother. Our thoughts and prayers go out to Jimmy's family, and we hope that you will respect their privacy during this difficult time sorry that still gets me because i still remember that i remember crying i remember even like calling my brother and telling him and he goes no that's bullshit (laughs) you know how brothers do
1: yeah i mean it's understandable that he says that too because for one you don't want to believe it and for two there's a lot of fake news out there when i first heard that chesterfield died from lincoln park
0: do you mean chester bennington i just said chesterfield (laughs) I'm dead.
1: When Chester committed suicide, I, you know, I was a huge LP fan. And when he died, you know, he was, he was the lead singer. He was one of the part, one of the reasons I fell in love with Linkin Park is because of the sound that he had. So when I found out he was dead, I mean, I was destroyed. I was distraught.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, Avenged Sevenfold ended up having to send out a message on their website, you know, which expressed their gratitude to his fans for their support, which they read, We would like to thank all of Jimmy's fans for the heartfelt comments that have been posted. It's comforting to know that his genius and annex were appreciated and that he was loved so much. Mm-hmm. Our hearts are broken. He was much too young to fall. Agus Which means forever young and free. In addition to comments made about the death of Sullivan, the band's manager, Larry Jacobson, expressed how Sullivan was a kind figure to all. Jacobson stated within the interview that he was expressive. He'd tell you how he felt about you. You didn't wonder because he'd put his arms around you. He said he knew how to tell his friends he loved them in addition to jacobson over 50 musical artists commented upon the death of sullivan on january 5th 2010 a private funeral was held for the rev in attendance were friends and family of the band on january 6 2010 the body of james sullivan was laid to rest in an undisclosed location on january 13 2010 edition of kerrang featured an article about the death of the rev in which fans and stars paid tribute to him simultaneously Zacky vengeance expressed his own feelings about the passing stating that jimmy will always be with me in everything Thing i do except sitting at home being sad so today i'm gonna try to start living again forever like for the rev and that's i don't know if you guys
1: oh that's good Ooh, forever that's good yeah I, I, man
0: nightmare is avenged sevenfold's first album recorded without jimmy the rev sullivan performing drums on all songs due to his death in december 2009 did you know actually that it was the Rev's parents that kept the group together they were gonna break up after his death i mean
1: that's how you know there's some support from the family right oh yeah Yeah, what what they're doing is when they said -uh. just because he's dead does not mean this has to die too Mm
0: -hmm. i mean anti (laughs) music.com said and i quote gates admits there was a two-week spell immediately following the Rev's sudden passing when they pondered walking away from the band, only to be pulled back from the brink with messages of support and then again in an interview with dave kim of the grand rapids michigan radio station wg GRD 97.9 FM Gates revealed yeah for two weeks we had pretty much thrown in the towel but our fans are the best and they said hey you can do it we want to hear the music and Jimmy's spirit and it was likewise with his family who basically said we had no choice and had to do it for them in a 2010 interview with Matt Shadows about the death of the Rev Shadows confirmed a July release for Avenged Sevenfold's fifth album I have so much to say but I can't find the word so I will wait until the time allows me to find a way to express myself as for the rest of us it has become clear what we need to do we had just finished writing a record with jimmy i can't promise what the future holds because right now it's too painful to think about but we know we need to record and put out this record in honor of jimmy or jimmy he would call me every night to talk about songs and tell me This shit is going to change the world. I agreed with him. Unfortunately, I didn't know it would be on those terms. Please be patient with us, for we cannot imagine how hard this is going to be to get through. We just know we have to do it for his legacy. After that, who knows? And then later on, in an interview conducted by the Huntington Beach Independent newspaper, Jimmy Sullivan's parents, Barbara and Joseph, revealed the following information about Avenged Sevenfold's new album. It was the most important to him. Jimmy had just finished writing songs for Avenged Sevenfold's new album. He even called this one his masterpiece. When he wrote songs, he would record tracks of his singing, playing the piano and drumming, then he would play them for me. He would sing the orchestra or guitar parts that would be added later. I am thankful that I got to tell him how much I liked and admired his music. Later, Barbara, his mother, commented that Jimmy wrote some really good songs, and I was so proud of him, and I know that even though it will be very hard for them, the band will do a great job getting them recorded soon. Needless to say, these all-Jimmy recordings are almost impossible for me to listen to yet, but what a blessing to have them. They plan to dedicate their new album to The Rev, and they did so they did that they ended up asking Jimmy's all time favorite drummer Mike Portnoy to record on behalf of him Mike said it would be an honor and without question that's what Jim would have wanted it's comforting to us that someone like Mike who is undoubtedly revered as one of the best drummers in the world held such respect and adoration for the Rev's abilities even though it will never be the same without our brother by our side his essence lives in our hearts and through the music he helped create he was a legend before any of the success or any of that bullshit and we are so fucking excited to lay this down for our fans and especially Especially for Jimmy. So in 2010, the band released Nightmare with replacement drummer Mike Portnoy then in 2011 they recorded a song called Carry On for the Call of Duty Arms Black Ops video game before releasing 2013's Hail to the King which featured new drummer Aaron Iljoy of Confide and reached the number one spot on the Billboard 200 AllMusic.com said that didn't last long as A7X was citing creative differences Iljay left the group shortly after the album's release and was replaced by Brooks' Wackerman, Mass Metal and Bad Religion who had manned the kit for the band's seventh studio outing Voltaic Oceans the band eventually Eventually dropped the release without promotion and under a different title, The Stage, which actually I love that song, The Stage. It arrived in October 2016 following a live stream 360 Degrees 3D performance atop the Capitol Building in Hollywood. The record was their longest to date and was described by the band as a concept album exploring the theme of artificial intelligence. The 16-minute closing track, Exist, featured a spoken word appearance from revered astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson. The band continued to expand on the album by releasing a string of singles in 2017, including a cover of the Rolling Stones' As Tears Go By. The single, Mad Hatter, arrived in September 2018 in conjunction with the video game soundtrack Call of Duty Black Ops 4. January 2020 saw the arrival of the unreleased Hail to the King track, Set Me Free, which appeared on the re-release of the 2008 concert LP Live in the LBC and Diamonds in the rough which was issued later that February. But now with COVID hitting everyone hard the band kept to themselves but in just recent months Matt Shadows revealed on July 6th of 2021 the next studio album the follow up to 2016's The Stage will be out in time for the band's return to concert stage in summer of 2022. So you guys be on the lookout for avenge seven full tickets they will be out starting in 2022 and we're just what 2 months away now.
1: It's still weird to say that we're almost in 2022.
0: I know, but well, the Walker shared the loose timeline during a live stream interview with that Space Zebra show, but he still kept most of his cards close to his chest, which, as we all know, Matt Shadows, he's pretty aloof, like he's very vague about the music that they're working on. So, so, so far, Avenged Sevenfold fans don't know a lot about the upcoming effort, and that's by design. Even describing the sound of the album was something Matt Shadows was unwilling to do this in the interview, apparently because such a description could get misconstrued. And he said, and I quote, the The reason we don't say much about the music is because we find every single word we say about it just gets spun off and there's no way to describe music. It's like, oh, it's heavy. It's fast. What are we going to say about it? He continued. It's a work of art that we worked on for a long time. We had a bunch of personal things that we'll explain later, but we're booking shows for next summer and the record will be out before then. That lines up with what Shadows has said over the last year or so. After the COVID-19 pandemic forced most of artists to stop performing live throughout 2020, Adjacent plans such as album releases often were thrown into a similar holding pattern that certainly applies to avenge sevenfold and like i said everything and everyone was put to a halt in 2020 and alec matt shadows definitely said something that you and i have talked about in a lot of our phone calls and our zooms even in text messages he said it doesn't make sense for us right now to put out a record and not be able to tour it the singer explained in February. The world has changed. Putting out a record on Spotify without touring or a rock band, it just doesn't make sense to us. So we're going to wait until everything is back. Then we'll come out with the record, finish it up and all will be good. In December, 2020, Shadows matter of factly established that outlook by saying the reality is, and nobody wants to hear this, in this day and age, rock and roll just takes too long to make. You know, it's going to be about three years to make a good record. And if we put that record out, And then we're locked down for another year. As much as people don't want to believe this, they're not going to give a shit about a record that came out a year prior when it's time to tour. How do you feel about that?
1: I like how they're being secretive about this next album.
0: Oh my God. They are so vague all the time. I love it. But I mean, like that, that
1: just builds the suspense, right? Yeah. Ruby, it's snowing outside. For you? Yeah.
0: Must be nice. It doesn't
1: snow in Wisconsin usually before January. Yeah, I'm glad we got to do an episode on a band that both of us hold close to our hearts. These guys deserve an episode. These guys oh, deserve absolutely. I think that,
0: I'm mostly just happy that this is one of the first bands that we're doing because they're actually yeah. coming out with a new album. Not only that, but they promised that they're going to be on tour. They're doing it right and at the right pace and at the right time. I feel like, who did it? I actually just saw them in concert. Foo Fighters they were in they had the whole 2019 pandemic and they were like you know what fuck it this album needs to drop now and they were one of the first bands to go back out on tour who else was I watching that did something similar oh our last night they put out so many covers to so many songs that were being out I mean they're they're getting big crazy and that's so crazy too is that They started out as a cover band and they do like Astronaut in the Ocean. Like that was a rap song that came out and they killed it. I mean, I remember when me and you were talking about it, what, like six months ago? And I was like, no, Alec, you have to listen to the song. And at first I sent you the rap version, right? And then I sent you the rock version, which is our last night. What did you think?
1: I was blown away. The rap right? version was the rap version was pretty chill. It was like kind of whatever. EDM and rap aren't really my genre. But then I heard the rock version. And I was like, okay, fucking cheese. Okay, I need to look into these guys.
0: Right? Like that. I mean, honestly, yes. I listen to rap music and I listen to country and I listen to, you know, whatever. But when you add the instrumentals and when you add that scream and you add all of that angst and energy into a song, it just makes it 10 times better. And I think that that's what yeah. Avenge Sevenfold is all about. <laughs> You know, they're angsty and, and they've been hurt before and they have lost, you know, they lost their drummer. to We know that it's an accidental overdose now, but they, right. they put all of that feeling and all of those anger and all of that into every single album. Not into every song, but they just release all of that energy into their albums and, and they make these really great songs. And I'm telling you, like, if you sit there and you listen to an Avenged Sevenfold album, you will hear songs that are hidden gems every single time.
1: Yeah, and that's why you and I are such fans of rock and such fans of metal because you will get something different a different sound a different emotion from every single band and with vent sevenfold that's no no exception you you get things that you just will not hear with other bands with a7x and it's it's awesome
0: 110 percent. i cannot wait until the new album drops
1: oh you better believe we're having a listening party
0: oh hell yeah absolutely (laughs) all right guys this has been this week's band timeline i'm your host ruby
1: I'm your host, Alec.
0: Thanks so much for listening to Rockaholics.
1: And remember, guys, always and forever, rock
0: on. Rock on. Later, guys. Bye.